0: Hey, everyone. This is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. I am back today with Tim Barton, and we're talking about culture and education and our country, this this great, once really, really great nation that we, we live in. And uh, time and time again, I remind myself that just like Queen Esther, God has us here for such a time as this. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that today, not Queen Esther specifically, but about why why are we here? What can we do to affect change in the culture and nation around us? But before we get back into it, I want to say thank you to our sponsor, CTC Math. If you guys are looking for a great online math program, go to ctcmath.com, try them out for free, ctcmath.com. Tim, um, man, if if you guys missed Monday's episode, go back and listen to that because Tim is a wealth of knowledge and information and wisdom and It just blows me away to talk to people like you because I'm like, how do you keep it all in your head? I don't even know. I have to take notes. Um, But we were talking about just how we got to where we are today um, in our culture. And so much of it has to do with education and our school system and taking the Ten Commandments out, taking God out of schools. And you you said something that we often say to our kids all the time is... Is sin causes pain, but obedience brings blessings. And we, as a nation, are suffering. We're in pain, just like the Israelites. Just like, you know, you we're we're reading through Kings right now with our girls, and man, you just read about these kings and time after time after time after time. You know, he was a bad king. 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 Oh wait, there is a good one. Oh, and we're back to a bad king. We're back to a bad king. You know, and these leaders who just refuse to follow. The ways of God, and the thing is that God's ways are not complicated; they're not difficult, but they go against our sinful nature as human beings. And so, we've done that as a culture. And so, how do we? Because we discuss, you know, we're we're homeschool families, and so for the most part, I think we we want to stay in our comfortable bubble of church and homeschooling and co-ops and, and our our safe place, right? And it's hard to be in the world and not of the world. And so how do we as Christians and as Christian homeschool parents, without putting our kids in public school and being in the world in that sense, how do we help to affect change in our nation to those who are around us?
1: And this this is such an important question. It's something that obviously has to be navigated with wisdom and discernment, as well as intentionality, because uh, all of us, we, we want America to do better. We want America to be better. And if we read the Bible, it, very clearly, Proverbs tells us that righteousness exalted the nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. If our nation would just be righteous, we could be exalted, right? We could enjoy God's blessings, but this is where often we have a disconnect. Well, how, how do we get a righteous nation? You only get righteous nation based on righteousness being promoted. Well, who's gonna promote righteousness? It can only be the Christians because heathens will never promote righteousness. And and the more that we disengage, that the more that we say, hey, we're just gonna stay in our lane, right? We're we're, we're gonna take care of our kids. We're gonna take care of our friends and our family, right? We, we, we got a garden, we got chickens, we're self-sustaining, we're living off the grid. Like we're good, we don't even care. The more disengaged we get, the, the, the more that there's an opportunity for chaos to abound, the more there's an opportunity for this sin to thrive. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 29, too, that when the righteous rule, the people rejoice, when the wicked rule, the people groan. And here's where, again, there's a disconnect because so often for the homeschool community, we just, right, we want to live and let live. Just leave us alone, right, don't cause me trouble. And, and that's kind of our thought, but the Bible tells us, when the righteous are in authority, people rejoice, when the wicked rule, the people groan, You don't need hearing aids to hear all the groaning that's been happening in the nation. Certainly over the last several years, how do we stop the groaning? Well, you have to have righteous leaders. So so you need righteous policies because righteousness exalts a nation. You need righteous leaders, and this can only happen if Christians once again start getting engaged in the process and, and navigating that, right? Obviously, homeschool families, we are consumed with raising our kids and raising our families. And this is where we need to be discerning and strategic and intentional about how we're navigating this. Because if if all of our time is consumed on our family, which I'm not downplaying, spend time with your family, if we never spend time on, on where our family's gonna have to live in the future, right? If, if we're not having the foresight to go, you know, if, if there's not freedom left in this nation, even though my kids might've been raised in this loving protective bubble, there's not gonna be freedom for my grandkids, right? They're they're, they're not gonna have the opportunities that we once had. We have to recognize, we have to be intentional about getting involved in the process and getting involved in the process is not always as as difficult as people make it out to be. We, We live in a nation that we are saturated by the national story. Uh, people that have paid attention on social media. We, we've heard about some uh, of shootings that have happened recently. We, we've heard about issues with the border and, and, and with the ending of Title 42 and this, this flow of migrants. And, and we hear national stories. We hear about what's happening in Washington, DC or the lack thereof. When in California, we hear national news. And when we hear national news, it, it, it oftentimes has an impact of, of making us feel a little paralyzed. We're overwhelmed because because I can't, I can't fix all these. Pro- I cannot fix the border problem by myself. I I can't fix Washington D.C. by myself, right? I I can't fix what's happening in, in California and San Francisco, and I I can't stop all these trans drag shows by myself. I what am I gonna do? And and this is something I think at at times is is maybe even part of the enemy's the devil's strategy is to make us feel overwhelmed so we don't get engaged and involved in the process. The, our organization, we're called Wall Builders, and we take the name from the Bible book of Nehemiah intentionally. Uh, Nehemiah was the one that was part of the Babylonian captivity, and then God called him to go rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And when he went back to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, people said, man, there's no way you can do that, that right? That there, there's no way this can be done. It's too big. The project's too much. You don't have the resources, the tools. And, and Nehemiah just said, hey, just, I'm just calling the whosoever wills, right? Whoever will come live with me inside the city and then let's work together and let's rebuild the city. They were told it couldn't be done and in 52 days they rebuilt the city, but part of how they did it becomes important for the strategy. If, if you read through Nehemiah, well, you'll see several examples. Like Nehemiah told the priest. He said, Hey, you come and set up, and if and if you can just put some stones up in your own backyard, right behind your house, just put some stones up on the wall. This is this is an important strategy. Because if everybody just said, I'm not going to try to solve the nation, I'm not going to try to solve the whole wall, let me just put some stones up in my backyard. If if we just started in, in our local area saying, hey, you know what, I go to church, and, and I'm going to encourage my church, let's pay attention to the local city council race. Let's pay attention to the local school board race, because most school boards, most city councils only have dozens, maybe a couple hundred at times show up for those elections. These are not big things that if we just got involved on the local level, this is, again, important strategy. There are churches in every single community, in every single county in the nation. If the local churches just said, we're gonna take care of our community, we're gonna take care of our county, all of a sudden every community and every county would be taken care of in this nation. And we can turn what appear to be national problems around, Nehemiah rebuilt the wall in 52 days. This can be done at an incredible pace if we're not paralyzed by the, the breadth of the problem. And I think for a lot of people, they look at the big problem, they go, man, I, there's too much, I'm overwhelmed by this. Don't think about solving the big problem. If you go back to even Acts, when, when Jesus told the disciples, right, wait, and when the Holy Spirit comes, says, you'll be my witnesses first in Jerusalem, then Judea, Sumeria, the uttermost parts of the earth. Well, Jerusalem is where they were. He said, start where you are, right? This is where you're my witnesses first. And then from here, then we can work our way out. But let's start with where God has planted us first And and this is something that I think if we're not intentional about saying, I'm gonna engage myself in the community, our kids are gonna grow up in a place where because Christians haven't been involved for so long in the process, there will be ungodly leaders. There will be a lot of groaning. There'll be ungodly policies. won't have God's blessing. This is where we have problems because Christians have disengaged and part of the solution is we need to get re-engaged and not necessarily on the national level. Don't don't get overwhelmed by the problems of the nation. Just say, you know what? I, I'm gonna show up at a city council meeting. I, I'm, I, Most people couldn't even tell you who the school board members, who the city council members are in their own community. We have no idea. Because we've never gotten involved locally, we we should start saying I'm gonna I'm gonna try to make a difference where God has planted me on the local level. I'm gonna try to get my church to get in, involved locally. Because if we got involved locally, and think about if if you were able to get some of the deacons, some of the elders from your church on the school board, on the city council, may, maybe would there be some different policies? Might there be more godliness and righteousness right in the midst of COVID when you had mayors shutting down cities, saying churches couldn't meet anymore? If if that city council was was made up of your church members, do you think they would have said no? We're it's okay for us to have church, right? Like that that could have been very different policies if we would have had godly people in those positions. And we need to start focusing on the local level and stop being overwhelmed by the national problems.
0: Yeah, yeah, and getting our kids involved too. Um, you know, we've taken our girls to city council meetings, and um, it's so eye opening for them to actually see what's going on and what people are saying and what they're doing and what they're fighting for and. It's so overwhelming sometimes because it seems like the left is, you know, that those who are fighting for the sin of the world, they're fighting so much louder and there's so many more of them while Christians are sitting back and just, again, you know, wanting to to just hold tight to their families, which yes, we need to do that. We need to protect our kids. It's why we homeschool. Um, we need to show them Jesus. It's why we homeschool, but we also need to be out showing Jesus to those around us. And so, you know, even giving financially, I mean, I I look at organizations like Planned Parenthood and I think how in the world do they get their billions and billions of dollars? And we, my my daughter, as a matter of fact, my youngest daughter, she just did a paper this past year on abortion and what's going on in the abortion world, you know, uh, nationwide. And, and she talked a lot about Planned Parenthood and the amount of money that is given by by donors, you know, private donors, to end the lives of babies is right. overwhelming, it's astonishing. And I'm like, where are the Christians? Because I know that there are a lot of Christians who have money, and so why are they not supporting organizations like Wall Builders and like other Christian organizations that are really working to make a difference in the culture around us, in the world around us, and to raise up and train up leaders who... I mean, they're they're up and coming, right? We're raising leaders. We're raising adults. We're not raising children. And so, um, and then prayer, you know, just being in mm-hmm. prayer about it. If you've got little kids at home and you can't go to these meetings, you can't be involved, you can still pray, pray for our leaders. And I think we miss that oftentimes. Um, it's just, you know, getting on our knees and praying. And and I mean, our family is guilty of that too. You know, we, we sometimes pray for our leaders, but not often enough. And uh, just pray... Oh, Lord, please show them their need for a savior. Uh, because imagine, it's so interesting when you, sometimes, you know, you'll hear of a, a celebrity or somebody, you know, with a big name who has surrendered their heart to Christ and it, it, it like, it can change so much. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, let's take a break. We'll be right back. No parent should homeschool alone. You have a God-given calling to bring up your child to love God and to steward his creation and BJU Press exists to help you be successful in that endeavor. Visit their website at bjupresshomeschool.com or call 1-800-845-5731 to connect with an experienced homeschool consultant. Apologia supports homeschool families with Christ-centered K-12 homeschool curriculum designed to engage your student as they experience the awe and wonder of creation and their Creator. Designed by leading scholars with a biblical worldview, Apologia's award-winning curriculum is written in a conversational tone directly to the student to encourage independence. Hands-on activities and experiments help students solidify the concepts they're exploring and build a lifelong love of learning. Visit us at apologia.com. We are back with Tim. So before the break we were talking about just how to engage in culture, how to be involved, how to make a difference, talk specifically about kids and we talked a little bit about that, but how can we really be raising up this next generation of, of kids? You know, all the way from the itty-bitties. I know your, your girls are still little. They're teeny tiny. Uh, mine are, are not so little anymore. How can we be raising up this next generation to impact God's kingdom around them?
1: Yeah, and we talked a little bit offline about this. I'm so excited we can talk about this now uh, on the program. It's something that when when we look at where we are, so often parents can get overwhelmed by the problems and the challenges and the issues. But I will tell you, I'm encouraged as an individual. I love the time we are living in. And, And I think it's one of the best times to be a Christian in the history of our nation, because we really haven't seen moments where truth was more uncertain and where more people were looking for truth than right now at these moments in America. There there are people that are so hungry for truth and they just don't know where to find it. And one of the challenges in culture is there's a, I mean, you mentioned, right, so often the left, uh, and and even, right, I had a mentor growing up who'd say the devil's crowd is loud, that the the other side are, are very loud at times, but they're not often the majority, usually, It's the minority, but they're so loud. Christians often find ourselves at a place that we maybe get intimidated. We we don't wanna cause trouble. We don't wanna stir things up. And so we end up being quiet. And because we're quiet, it makes the other side seem even louder and more powerful. And it comes down to at some point, we have to have the courage to stand up and do the right thing. One of the verses that we've been referencing a lot over the last year or so, it really, really came alive to us during COVID is Revelation 21.8. It's a verse that when I was growing up, I learned as a kid there was a song about liars going to hell. And so I learned that song about liars going to hell. Don't be a liar. But it's interesting is it goes to the list of the people that will have their place in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone. The very first group listed, and and just to give a little context, it talks about the the murderers and the adulterers and the sorcerers and the liars and and, and people who are generally doing very, very bad things. Mm -hmm. The very first group identified on that list, it said the cowardly and the fearful. Now, the cowardly and the fearful, that's a totally different category because that's not people actively doing the wrong thing. Right. That's people who know what's right and, and who aren't standing up for what's right. It's a little bit like James four seventeen, where it says to him who knows the good he ought to do and does it not, to him it is sin. If you know there's something good you should be doing, you don't do it, that, that, that's sinful because you know you should have been doing the right thing. This is the culture we are living in. And, and unfortunately, there are so many Christians who know the truth but they would rather not ruffle feathers, right? They, they, maybe for some of them, they're like, man, I can't risk it with my job. It's You know, me providing for my family is too important. The problem is when you have the majority of the nation that's cowering, that they're afraid of being canceled, they're afraid of being fired, they're afraid of offending somebody, right? They're afraid of losing friends or whatever, the backlash is they think if if we don't have the courage to stand up for truth, then we will not stop this onslaught of evil, this onslaught of lies, which is what we're seeing happen in our culture and nation. But this is why I think that there's never been a greater time to be a Christian in America than right now, because people are actively looking for truth and they're just, they're, they're not finding it. But this is where there's an opportunity for us. As we're raising our kids, one of the things we want to be intentional about with our children, with the rising generation is, to, to tell them more stories like Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, right? The, the, the people that in those moments, I mean, you mentioned Esther, right? Early on, as we were having this conversation, yeah. the, the people that in those defining moments, man, they could have just kept their mouth shut, that, you know, not gotten in trouble, right? I mean, Daniel could have said, hey, I, you know, I still believe in God, but God understands. And so I'll just, I don't wanna cause any trouble. All right, I don't wanna cross the king. And no, 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 Daniel still, three times a day in front of his window so people could see him. Yeah. He wasn't gonna back down, right? <laughs> I mean, Shatter Meshach and go in front of everybody. They're like, nope, we ain't gonna do it. Yeah. That, that's people of courage. And, and this is where we need to be intentional about not only giving our kids the truth, but then encouraging them to have the backbone and the courage to stand up for truth. Obviously everything we wanna do, we wanna do it in the love of Jesus. Jesus spoke the truth in love, but he always spoke the truth, and we want to make sure that we are even setting the example as parents, that we have the courage to speak the truth even when it's in love, knowing at times we might face backlash. And obviously, right, for us too, we both know this firsthand. As we take some of the positions we take, we deal with backlash from people commenting and posting and, right, confrontations at times at these these public forums. We deal with this firsthand, but that that's not something that should deter us. Jesus told all his followers. He said, "They persecuted me. They're going to persecute you too." And the Beatitudes, he said, "Blessed are you when you are persecuted for righteousness' sake." We we don't want to raise kids in a bubble and tell them, right? Don't cause trouble. We don't want you to be persecuted. No. At, at sometimes we need to say, "Hey, man, that this is a great thing when you stand up for truth and righteousness." And there's pushback. That is a godly place to be, and God will honor and reward you taking a stand. In addition to the fact that Cowardice literally is on the list of things that were the people that are gonna be in the lake of fire and brimstone at the very end, right? The second death, second judgment, Revelation 21, that's not a place we wanna be. We wanna make sure we're promoting our kids to have the courage, but not just have courage and be obnoxious, to have courage to speak the truth and love, which also part of why we homeschool, we wanna make sure that our kids know the truth. We live in a culture, right? That They don't even know male and female anymore, right? That They're so confused on the basic issues. We wanna make sure our kids know truth and part of helping our kids know truth, and again, we talked about this a little bit offline, we need to make sure that our kids don't just know what's true, but understand why it's true, have the apologetics, because they're gonna to go to church yeah. with kids who are gonna say, well, you know, I just kind of feel, I'm a guy, but I feel like a girl right now. They need to know what is true and why it is true so they can even help some of their, their peers, some of their friends, some of the people, maybe they play sports with, they go to church with, right, well, whatever, youth group, whatever the situation is, they're gonna be around people that are growing up in this worldly culture, right? This this Egyptian, Babylonian, whatever kind of nation we wanna describe it to from the Bible stance, they're going to grow up in that culture, and we want to make sure that not only we've given them the truth, that we've encouraged them to have the courage to speak the truth, but to have the apologetics to the, and discernment to know why this is right and how to help guide and lead even some of their friends in that conversation, that search for truth. It's a great time to be a Christian. We just want to make sure we are intentional about how we raise our kids to engage in this culture.
0: I love that so much, and what a responsibility we have to be that example for our kids, because we can sit and we can read about, you know, Daniel and Esther and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. As a matter of fact, it's so funny. I saw a meme. Um, it, it was it was in May. It was back in May, and it was it was on May fourth specifically. And it said, "Have you did you see this one?" It said, "May the fourth be with you." Yes. It was so funny, and it had a picture of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and then it had Jesus in the fire with them. And I thought, yes, may the fourth be with you. And and really that's the picture that we should have of us because we are in the fire right now and God is with us. If we are obeying him and we are doing the things that he's called us to do, he is gonna be with us. He is gonna strengthen us. And you know what? If we get burned, we get burned. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Ben go. They're like, eh, if we die, we die. Just like Esther, if I die, I die. You know. And And I don't say that flippantly. I mean, like truly, if we are following God's plan, mm-hmm. Our days are numbered anyway, but do what we came here to do, do what what God sent us here to do and be that example to our kids because our kids cannot be strong. They cannot stand strong. They cannot put on the full armor of God unless we put it on ourselves first. And then as we're raising our kids and homeschooling them, we're putting that armor on them piece by piece, a little bit at a time. We've got our armor on. And we're just placing that armor on them a little bit at a time so that when they go out into the world, they can stand strong and they can fight this battle. Because it's one of the things that still astounds me is that people will say, you know, oh, our kids need to be missionaries in the public schools. Um, Okay, you want them to fight a battle that, that adults are having a hard time fighting? These kids aren't prepared for this battle. It's our job to prepare them. But we have to do that by setting that example. So uh, what a great reminder, Tim. Thank you so much. Uh, This is such a great conversation. And so we have more. (laughs) We'll be back tomorrow. We're gonna talk more about this. Um, Tim, thank you so much. You guys can find out more about Tim and his ministry at wallbuilders.com. Thank you for being with us this afternoon. If you guys haven't checked out our new swag, go to our website, SchoolhouseRocked. Dot com. Everything we have is on that website. Uh, make sure you're signed up for our newsletter as well. And um, and just pray for us. Pray for us as we are, are on the front lines of this battle with you and helping to train you just as those you know who have gone before us are helping to train us on how to train up our kids. It's all about training. It's all about being ready for this battle that we're in. Stick around till the end of the show for a preview of what's coming next on the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com
1: slash rocked. For all of us as Christians, we wanna make sure that we have a biblical perspective in all that we do. That the the way we analyze things should always be through a biblical lens. It's part of the notion of having a biblical worldview. And for those of us that have a biblical lens, our starting place is that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. As Christians, we should have the intellectual and spiritual maturity to recognize that when we're singing the Psalms of David, we're not celebrating the sins of David, instead we're recognizing that God anointed David to write something that was very significant. And, and, and what we see as we study scripture in general is we see how a perfect God used imperfect people and did great things through them. And it's not to discount the fact they might have done evil, but it's it's also doesn't invalidate that God used them for something special and significant.